I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Nobody wants an embarrassing partner, do they? I think some people do. Otherwise, I don't know why they're making the choices (laughs) that they're making. I think that all the time. my limitations not embarrass you even a little bit, though? I'm thinking my social limitations. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know that's what you're talking about. You humiliate me a lot of the time. <laughs> but I don't... I, I think it's like... I don't know. Like, right now, I want to coordinate something with my girlfriends to, like, go see something. But you want to go see it, too. And I feel proud to have the husband who's like, well, I'm not going to hang out with the dads. But, like, if all of the girls and me can go out, I'm quite comfortable with that. This is this is what I was like at school. I just wanted to sit with the girls in the canteen at lunchtime. Yeah. But I don't think that's always been about, like, you wanting to fuck them. Because one of those girls was my cousin. Well, maybe now, you want to... I think I wanted... We've talked about this before at some stage. I don't know that I ever explicitly wanted to fuck a cousin, but I've subsequently expressed this desire somewhere. I don't remember where the fuck I was. A family funeral? Haha. <laughs> no. The people I know are rich. They don't die. Um... <laughs> You've got shit going on every other week, but these people got money and they live long. So (laughs) the point is, I think I'm annoying in the pride that I bring in having a husband who like enjoys the company and the friendship of women as much as he does men, if not possibly slightly more so. Let me do a little test on how well you know me. Oh, I'll fail. Because I don't think about you that much if I'm not talking to you. I've noticed that recently. I do think you think about me a lot, even when we're not together. And I think I, I could like go on. I out. could go on mastermind. Yeah, and win me as a subject. I think it's because of my narcissism. But here's a little test. Okay. When I was a kid, what was the only scene in the film Grease that I wished I could have been in? Um. Oh no no no! I know it. It's the sleepover with the girls. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yes. Okay. So I do know you. Yeah. 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 <laughs> You thought that looks really fun. Yes. Yeah. Apart from the ear piercing. I think, oh yeah, that part was like really icky. We should say who our guests are on this episode. Well, I done did it. I went in hot pursuit of the Cates. And if you want to know who the Cates are, they're McLennan and McCartney, the creators of Deadlock. Which you were raving about a few episodes back. You were a little besotted by them both, I think. They were just so funny. Yeah. I feel like I'm going sort of like grossly hard on the compliments of you, but it is nice the women you get a little bit flustered by because they're like smart i mean i was insecure because they were they were much funnier than i was that was i was i was like oh this is how like a hot girl feels if she goes to a party and a hotter girl appears (laughs) like there's like a way there's like ways we all have of like feeling like ourselves and i'm like i've got a big personality i'm funny and i was like oh not around these two but you're gonna love them oh my god kate mclennan and kate mccartney creators of deadlock later (laughs) 
My quick watch this week is a reality show on Channel 4 called The Great Sex Experiment. The reason I arrived at this was that I really, really, really wanted to go back to couples therapy, and you told me no. I just think let's spread it out. I mean, we're watching a lot of couples therapy, but let's let's drip feed it on the podcast. Which just real fast, if I'm allowed to drip feed real fast on couples therapy for the people who are now binging through season three, I want you to know that I actually really came around to ping. But the person I never got on board with was the Mormon lady. And I understand that she's been through her trauma, her trauma, her trauma. But like, she cannot see her narcissism as anything other than heroism. And that's something that I really struggle to forgive. One thing I envy about Mormons and many faiths (laughs) is... Is, is wardrobe choice ceases to be a factor? I think you're thinking about Mormons from a long time ago. Is that possible? Think of the guys with the dark suits, tie. They look like the men in black only. They've no, got. No, you're b- thinking Je- Church of Jesus Christ of Latter day Saints. Is that's it the, all that's the, same the Mormons. Thing? Yeah, the Latter day Saints. The Latter day Saints and the Mormons yes. are the same. But those are the people who are going knocking. It's not like Salt Lake City is all people in those suits. No. I went there once and it was beautiful. And I was like, I get it. I could like get religion so easily. I think I'm like, I could have a nervous breakdown, (laughs) followed by self-repair that happens amongst natural beauty. So I get out of my breakdown through like worshiping the Lord, but being very physically active. Like I'd go kayaking with my church group or I'd go on mountain hikes with my church group. So that's like how I would heal it myself if I had a breakdown. And are you seeing yourself down the front like the leader or the rabbi? No, I am not a leader or a rabbi. I mean, I do think I could have been a good rabbi. I think it'd be fucking easy to be a rabbi. (laughs) I think it's like you can get to be a therapist, but without all the training. I think think there might be training. I think there might be many years of theological study involved. Eh. Anyway, there was an email from Josh Cullimore who wrote in to say, if you're into like couples therapy, watch the show on Channel 4. It's sort of couples therapy meets Love Island. And I wonder if it would like change some of your thoughts about polyamory. And and when they say experiment, what is the hypothesis? Okay, so the hypothesis is, is it good for couples who are interested in opening up their marriage to open up their marriage? Okay. So they take these couples and they, they arrive at like a country manor and there are like swingers at the manor. And so they arrive and they have a consultation with a, and I'm using air quotes here, a therapist. Now, she is dressed in a way that I don't think it's acceptable for a therapist to be dressed. Oh, this is good. Okay, so she's she's not wearing shawls and ethnic jewelry as discussed no, last week. But she is not neutral enough. There has to be a neutrality. She wears bright red lipstick with her fire engine red hair and an amulet. I don't know if it's technically an amulet, but it's giving me amulet <laughs> energy. And then she's like communicating i feel her own sexuality so she's less of a therapist and more of like a hype man for polyamory generally i mean to to be fair to her i'm imagining she does have some qualifications she does have some letters after her name yeah but so do a lot of people like i'm sort of over thinking that shit means but, but but i think more traditionally that is what qualifies she was a therapist rather than whether you, Sarah, feel that somebody is a therapist or not. Okay. Would you be comfortable if you were going to go see a therapist and you arrived and she had fire engine red hair and an amulet? Because I'd be like, (laughs) no, I'm sorry. You're not going to be able to help me. Like, I just think there are things that I know that you don't know because I've chosen to not wear an amulet today. (laughs) So anyway, they come in and they say, here's what we're interested in. Here's our story. Here's our journey. 
and then they attend this sex party. Now, it's not a sex party. And they, like, talk to people, and then they invite them back. The the couple mix and mingle, Mm -hmm. and then they identify individuals that they would like to welcome into their marriage. Correct. Okay. And then they approach the individual, and then you learn pretty fast that an individual can turn them down, which was so painful to watch, I had to cover my eyes. But what was interesting was this one woman, she, like, wants to do a twosome with two dudes and um i think that's a threesome oh sorry. i think your maths is off there <laughs> a twosome with two dudes um right sorry she wants a threesome with her husband and this other guy and the husband is very clearly completely uncomfortable with it and they try it with one guy and the guy's like it, it sort of doesn't work so so what does what does trying entail here's what's interesting with the couples i've seen so far a, a a frequent red line is kissing. So it's like everything but kissing. Oh, so like the film Pretty Woman. Exactly. I'd have thought being drenched in ejaculate was was more intimate than kissing. That's the thing. There's this one moment where this lady's like kissing a guy's dick. How does it feel better to watch another woman kiss your husband's dick? I think I would only laugh. I think if I was watching a woman kiss your penis, I think I would laugh. I think that might take me out of the moment. Anyway, so the, the, the point I want to say about this this one couple, so they have a boundary, which is no kissing, and then they decide to break their boundary. And it's like a disaster. And it sort of ends awkwardly. And that's that. The next night they try with this other guy. So these guys are like talking to each other and like, yeah, mate, I feel like we could go for a beer. Like, And because they feel like they'd be friends and they have a good vibe, they feel comfortable fucking a woman together at the same time, even though they're straight. And they talk about how comfortable they are in their sexuality. And I was moved. These What, guys- what, what was moving about it? Their friendship? No, it was like like a generation ago. Be like, what? If I fucking look at a dick that's hard, I'm fucking gay, man. And these guys felt, they genuinely felt evolved past that point. And I thought that was really, really nice. Right. And it really seems to work for them. And then they seem like so happy and proud of themselves the next day. And it was sort of nice. So do you think they, they will talk about it the way we might talk about a nice meal we once had or a holiday? <laughs> yeah. They're going to see the guy again. Oh, lovely. Okay, my quick watch, and I have a vaulty fast. Um, a few episodes ago, I was quite dismissive of people who watch TV shows because of an actor. Mm-hmm. And then I found myself this week looking for something to watch. And I ended up watching a show purely because it had Eile Harbo, I think her name is, who played Erba in the final series of Succession in it. Erba! So this show is called The Architect. And I think that is a great piece of casting because do you not think it's very easy to imagine her as an architect? Oh, that's okay. I am confronting some of my own. Uh, I don't know what it is. I don't think she's perfect to play an architect because I think she she looks a little too young to like. You're ruining my fun game. Okay, go on. What was the, I didn't even which, know you were doing a game. Which is um, could they play an architect? Because I, I I think you can do that as a binary. Okay, yes. I'm sorry to so, ruin so, your game. So Eileen so yes, Harbo, yes, she can play an architect. But- Jack Black. No. No. Tilda Swinton. Yes. David Tennant. See, he's an interesting one because you think, oh, he's, oh actually, yes, I'm not he sure can. you think. I, I think he's in our head too much as Doctor Who, but I think if you actually just go David Tennant, yes. Jennifer Coolidge. No. I think it's a fun game. Could do a they... couple more. Do a couple more. Uh, Zach Galifianakis. No. I'm figuring out what it is though, are you? What are you thinking it is? It's like bird-like faces. Tilda oh. Swinton. Eba. And David Tennant all are quite birdular. Bill Hader is bird-like. Could he play an architect? 
No, but I think if you were just shown a picture of Bill Hader and you didn't know like the funniness of his bones, you would say yes. But but you're saying there's a humorlessness associated with the architect. I wouldn't say a humorlessness. I would say a seriousness. I think you can boil it down to how would they look in the Steve Jobs type outfit of the black polo neck and little rounded glasses? Oh, where I was picturing them like over a a board, like, you know. One of those workers' jackets. Yes, workers' jackets. Yeah. Neither of us could be an architect. Yeah. So this show then, uh, it's it's set in the near future. Ew. Find another way to be interesting is how I feel. And it may surprise you to hear that the, the near future is somewhat dystopian. Oh, Jesus Christ. House prices are so out of control that she lives in a curtained off booth like on a hospital ward in an underground car park because nobody uses cars anymore they've been banned okay Uh, and we see her go to her job at the architect firm but twist (gasps) the boss asks her to make coffee for the new architect starting today because she isn't the architect she's the intern Uh uh-huh the new architect is her Uh ex-boyfriend aha As she's taking coffee into the meeting, she hears of a new architectural competition with a big cash prize that would allow her to not live in a car park for the person who can come up with the perfect design for a thousand new apartments in Oslo. So that sounds interesting, but like a bad execution of a semi-interesting idea. Here's here's the problem with it. The, The budget just doesn't match the scale of any of the ideas in the show. Everything feels like a little bit either on the nose or underbaked, but then they use classical music for the transitions to make it feel classy. Ew. Here's what I want. Here's what you want. A better show set in the world of architects. Sure. You know who revered an architect? Oh, yeah, Anne Rand or whatever. I was going to say George Costanza in Seinfeld, but fine. Send us an email. Um, If you want to write in with any suggestions for Could They Play an Architect? That is great. Or or other versions of that game, like uh, Could They Play a Submarine Captain? Yes. Have a think about it. I really like the architect. I think actually staying narrow with that is good. Mm -hmm. People who'd play an architect versus people who very clearly would not play an architect. I There's been a bit of a falling off in terms of things that put the poison in. I really want to know what put the poison in you. And in case you've just come to the podcast in the last couple of weeks, this this is the thing you saw as a child that got in your brain and ruined you forever. Or as an adult. You can see shit as an adult that can, can ruin you for the remainder. As a child for forever or as an adult for the remainder. (laughs) Things that just messed your fucking brain off. And, you know, that sense of I can't unsee it. And please keep telling us what you want us to watch because I promise you it is on my to-do list now officially to make Jeff listen to you more. Send us an email. Fuck off. At firecrotchandnormcore.com. Oh, I wanted to let you know that there are now extended versions of every single interview we've done on our Patreon page for our Patreon supporters. Yes. And we, you know, we had this back and forth because Jeff is always concerned with quality, whereas I'm more concerned with not giving people more than they deserve. <laughs> that I really think that's like part of my, and I'm always working on it, but I think that's part of my spirit. So we were debating whether or not it was like about every single interview that we've done. And we basically, because of Charlie Brooker. Charlie Brooker and Bishar Ali, for example, we talked to for over an hour and to have access to those brains for that amount of time. Was delightful. Yeah, and it's, it's a really good listen. As, as they all are, Jack Thorne, Jim Field Smith, Catherine Jaitways. Ed Solomon. Yes. Ed Solomon of the perfect hair and bod. Let's just say it. <laughs> Um, so this is our, this is our little hook. You get a list with all of these shows. You can just click a link and see everything from since the podcast started that we've been recommending, that our guests have been recommending, plus all of these extended interviews. 
I think it's like worth your fucking time and your money. Three pounds. Get into it. Give it. Do you know what? Just do it to give me my dopamine hit. Thank you so much. You can find all that at patreon.com forward slash they like to watch. Now, as we mentioned before, our guests on this episode are Kate McLennan and Kate McCartney, creators of Deadlock on Amazon Prime Video. A thing that you said to me as you were sort of listening back to the interview and you went, you know what I always love? Friendships where the two people just incessantly make each other laugh. Where they're a bit infatuated with each other. Yes, they seem infatuated with each other in the best possible way. Something I think about a lot is the sitcom Broad City. Yes. And I didn't love everything about that sitcom, but what I had adored was their relationship and how real it felt and how rarely you see that on screen in an authentic way and this pair just have that I mean it it sounds like a cliche but I, I could just listen to them talk to each other yeah they were really really lovely so that's coming up in a bit creators of Deadlock Kate McCartney and Kate McLennan are you being careful to make sure that you give one of them tap billing every other time yes So this week, I suggested that we both watch The Changeling, which Mm -hmm. is a major new series from Apple TV+. And I noticed it was getting a lot of reviews. So I thought, maybe this is a bit of a thing. Let's give it a try. Mm -hmm. Do you want to describe it? I'm just thinking. It's sort of hard to describe. It is hard to describe. So it's based on a book by Victor. I don't know if his last name is pronounced Laval or Lavalle. It moves through different time periods. It, It is telling the story like the sort of modern day story set in New York of a married couple, a man and a woman. I think you could also describe it. It's it's like a horror, like there's like a horror component. It feels scary. You So you could also see it either like about fatherhood or you could say that it's sort of a parable about postpartum psychosis, I guess. And some of it is dreams. Parts of the story are these recurring nightmares that this, the main character has when he's a child. And it made me think about my recurring nightmares as a child. Do you know about my recurring nightmares as a child? I don't think so. So they had things at my elementary school called the winter and the spring sing. And all the children would gather in the school gymnasium and sing like a concert for all the parents. And in the run-up to the winter sing, every year, I'd have a nightmare. And the nightmare would be that I would see a figure. The figure would be between child and adult size. And they'd be in this very long wool coat that touched all the way to the ground. Very straight, very kind of greasy black hair that was pulled up into a really tight, enormous bun. And suddenly I'd see the figure behind me. And then the figure would go, trouble, 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 trouble. And it would grow. And then suddenly, you know, just like the front teeth would pop out, like, not fang-like, but more like beast, I don't know, like creepier than fang-like. And um, it would just be terrifying. Wow. Firstly, I I was genuinely captivated. Which I don't understand because what is less interesting than somebody telling you about one of their dreams? I know. Secondly, I am amazed at the complexity because I, I, I would just have these really hacky dreams like turning up at school and realising I've got no clothes on. <laughs> but that's like humiliation, but where's the nightmare component? Well, I think I'm more than make up for it in adulthood. Yes, I think that's right. And, and I think I've got a stomach for supernatural 
over the course of a film every now and again. But I, I think I just find it too exhausting across a TV series. So basically, so, so just to say it, I think I'm into it and you're not into it, right? Mm. Like, left to my own devices, I'm, I want to see where this shit is going. And I will watch, but I don't think you are in. It looks fantastic. I almost think it's like worth putting on in the corner like you'd have a fish tank on because New York looks brilliant. Everybody in it looks amazing. Looks so amazing. I but I don't want to have like... to follow the, the story and all the threads. And the... So where's my mixedness of feeling? First of all, I feel that, like, you a genuinely a thing that you should think about mm. is where possible taking fashion inspiration from Lakeith Stanfield's character. Oh, that's interesting because in the past you've told me I should take fashion inspiration from Charlie Bucket from Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. Yes, I agree with both of these things. Like, so so Charlie Bucket is a boy in the seventies, and this is like a grown man now, but he's doing some like like autumnal colors that I think would be very good on you. Do you not think he's got a face to die for? Yes, he does. He's one of the most beautiful people I've ever seen on screen. I'm not saying that you and Lakeith Stanfield are similar looking, but that there's a bookishness to his character and there is a bookishness to you as a person. And I feel that there's surprisingly, you could take some inspo from him. So I really like the changeling, but there's a lot of different parts of the parent and child dynamic that are presented in a very, like, sort of hard-to-watch light. And I never love that stuff. That's part one. Part two is I don't like watching children on screen. And it's because I don't like thinking too much about the circumstance of someone who's on a screen. So some people, good people, have this with pornography. Oh, and then they're always trying to find the... One example of somebody who is really well-adjusted and sex positive, that, that then makes it all okay. So you're trying to find the one example of somebody who was a child star, who it doesn't seem to have negatively impacted them at all, and then you can feel okay about all child actors. It's, first of all, I don't enjoy watching children act because I don't like to watch kids do shit. Do, do, like, no child is going to be a maestro. And if they are a maestro, I'm not sure that's so great. Now, they name the baby after his absent or missing father. Yes. That name is Brian. Yes. It's far-fetched that even in that situation, anybody would call a kid Brian these days. Yeah, people want a showy name nowadays, don't they? Like, if there's a sentimental reason for including a name, yeah, yeah, and that yeah. name is something like Brian, you, you bury it away as a middle name. If we had another child, or if we could do it all again, mm. I'd make two choices. Yes. One is I'd go for, a, like, just, just as a fuck you to the rest of the world, I'd pick the most basic name for our child. Alan. No, Alan is shitty. Alan is ugly, no offense to the Allens. But like Chris, the most basic bitch of male names. And I'd give him my last name. In in this imaginary situation, am, am I part of the family or is there a different dad? No, you're the same dad. Just just check in. Blah. Oh, one thing I was going to say is uh, a key part of the story revolves around the, the female lead. What's her name again? Oh, Emma Valentine. Being granted some wishes. Yes. Do, do we ever see wishes being granted without there being loopholes and caveats? No, there's no one just going, don't, you don't have to worry about what you wish yeah. for. Don't, don't think about how you're going to word this. Yeah. Because it's, it's just a wish I'm we're giving not, you. We're not here to fuck you, okay? <laughs> My advice unsolicited would be involve health, 
involve money, and then do some fun little thing for yourself with number three. But it's always like, oh, I wish I had a million dollars. And then it's, um, oh, you've got a million dollars, but it's in a, in a box that can never be opened. Yeah. Granting wishes attracts a certain personality type, I think. Yeah, like wish givers are like real little... Pranksters. They're pranksters. pranksters. They're little pranksters, aren't they? <laughs> and you watched at least one episode of this on public transport. Yeah, I watched the first episode, which involves a pretty graphic birth scene and a sex scene on a very crowded train and a woman sat next to me. How, how often do you get a sense? You, know, you can feel if somebody's reading over your shoulder. Yeah. How often do you get a sense somebody's watching what's on your screen? I th- I think people mostly would. Like if I'd been on my iPhone or I'd been watching... Thanks you know, for letting us know it's an iPhone, what, not, not I- just a phone. <laughs> Is that a thing? I should just say my phone. Yeah. I didn't mean like a rotary phone. It's like you were showing off because you got, oh yeah, I got an iPhone. Got I'm, an iPhone. Uh, I'm, not, I'm a, not an Android person. And I'm not, uh, it wasn't my rotary phone back at home. <laughs> um, it was, I, I just felt like it was a dramatic, it, it, it was clear that I was watching some bit of serious television, which I do think is a weird choice. So in fairness to her, she deserved to give me a glance. Were you tempted to put on the subtitles for her? No, because what I would think in that situation is I would think... Why are you watching what looks like fine TV? Like, care about your television. The, the train situation is telling you this is not the right time to watch a TV program. So, so did you do the thing where you, in a way that you hope is imperceptible, just start angling the screen slightly away yes. from? <laughs> I hoped it was imperceptible. But then there was a delay on the train. And so she and I wound up speaking to each other. And I was like, I, I, as long as we're talking, I think I said, as long as we're talking, I want to apologize for watching this TV show. It's like, and she's like, oh, are you like a reviewer? And I was like, no. no. I mean, it was so humiliating. But she So said, then did you have to? She said, I did notice you angling it away from me at a certain point, And I thought that that seemed weird. <laughs> Look. If you like things that are beautiful, if you can manage a bit of trauma, and if you just love to be in New York, it's definitely give this a go. If you like looking at hot people, it's give it a go. But but it's not more of give it a go than couples therapy or Mr. Inbetween. This was the deciding factor with me with the show. I thought, is it essential? Like there's, not- a, there's a lot of stuff. We've all only got so much time. How far down the list is this? I think so. It's a bit down the list, but I think it feels essential for me a little bit because I I really, I am now very invested in how the story plays out. I was sick about, it was the Mercury Prize for Music last week, and I thought I should really um, listen to all of those albums. And then I was also thinking, but there's Tom Waits albums I haven't heard. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, and and this, mm-hmm. this show, I had a similar reaction to it, really. Okay, well, we're, we can agree to disagree slightly. And coming up next... The Cates. The Cates, the creators of Deadlock. My son's future stepmoms. <laughs> In your dreams. Oh, should we tell them what happened? Oh, so what happened was I'd been emailing with the Cates. 4 p.m. EST had been tossed around, which to me means Eastern Standard Time. That means New York. And I knew they were based in Australia, but they're hot property. I figured they had like work stuff and they were going to spend a week in New York working or something like that. And that is... 9 p.m. So I like canceled the gig. The Kate's the Kate's. Anything for the Kate's. That morning that we were doing the interview, I woke up and there was like a stream of emails being like, hey, Sarah, we're on the link. (gasps) Kate showed up and we weren't there. What I was able to like see in real time with the email thread was that there's EST for Australia that is technically AEST. Okay. The idea that these women whose work I'd been like obsessing about 
for weeks now who were going to agree to talk to me had been left waiting and I had no showed. The guy, I was as ever on public transport when this happened. And I think I did such a swift (gasps) that the guy next to me looked. It was talk about a fucking nightmare. Oh my God. But they were delightful and they forgave us because they understood that we didn't mean it. And they were gracious enough to talk to us a couple of days later. And that conversation is coming up next. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready get 30, ready get 20, 20, 20, ready get 20, 20, ready get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit betterhelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. I pump it. Do you pump it? I do pump it. You do yeah. pump it. I, uh, I I do powerlifting. How long have you been into it for? Um, since I turned thirty-eight, and I would just recommend everyone do it. And if we're not careful, this will turn into a fitness podcast. And I'm just aware that that's not why people come. I mean, maybe listen, branch out if you want to, but <laughs> sure, like sure. I'm, I'm just cognizant that this is likely not. The entry point. This is okay. not why I'm here. No, but I'm very yeah. interested in women who are powerlifting. It's all the rage over here, especially ar- among like female comics. And Kate McLennan, when uh, McCartney mm. gets on to her powerlifting, does your body start to like seize with rage or do you support her in this journey? Look, I'm very supportive, but you have to understand how often. I have to listen to her talk about this. So I have a knob, I suppose, that's turned uh-huh. when she starts. It's just like, I'm, I can just tune out now. Okay. We had a conversation yesterday with some big TV producer people and she spent 15 minutes talking about how much she could lift. I'm like a freight train heading towards a car on a crossing. Like, I know, I know I need to stop. I know no one else wants, no one wants this to happen. No one wants it, but I can't, I can't. There is no emergency break. I'm just going to keep going and it's going to be devastation, bloodshed, etc. All right, so just to like pour a little petrol on the fire, (laughs) is is there a social group that you're pumping it with? I like to work out by myself, but also I've got some dear friends who I also work out with and they are people who are legitimate athletes and that's yet, kind of... Yet that does not stop you talking you know, about it, doesn't, it does as it. if you are mm, a if, professional athlete. 
But you have done a lot of research on the internet, so therefore you you are an expert. Oh, I mean, it's not just that. I've I've got like this sort of godly like trifecta of audacity that comes from like just being queer where you think you can do everything. You've also got the ADHD where you think you can do everything. I also grew up very, very privileged. And I grew up being told that I was, um, what's that thing where you can do more than one thing really well? Ambidextrous. Oh, polymath? Like, no. A polymath? <laughs> polymath, yeah. I genuinely. <laughs> Kate McLennan, is, is part of your dynamic is that you quite enjoy playing the long-suffering role? Because I, I do, and I'm wondering if I'm spotting a kindred, kindred spirit there. It's... It hasn't always been this way because our dynamic before we did Deadlock, we we used to perform on camera together. We had a show called The Catering Show and then another show called Get Kraken. And the dynamic was very much the other way around, that I was the insufferable cunt and McCarthy was the one putting up with me. Speaking of your cooking show, we were wondering from McCartney, how are your food intolerances coming on? Have you discovered any new additional ones so far? Yeah, I just don't drink anymore now. That's the newest one and nothing has been resolved. Have, have either of you looked into this gut health biome stuff? I mean, yes, of course I have. So I... if to save the other one's life, would you do a faecal transplant? Wow. If if asked, I would. You would? I would. This is, this is a lovely moment. I would. Well, that's good. Are we going to drop a contract do you want today? Me to do that? Is... is there a template we can find online? <laughs> I should be able to manage something by 9.30 tomorrow morning. So... <laughs> Oh, someone's a little confident. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Do either one of you have a friend that would be pissed um, off if they heard you described the other Kate as their best friend? Yeah, I mean, I've had a couple of those friends and now they're not my friends. <laughs> That's like in the last 10 years, it's like they've dropped off. But now it's weird. Like our friendship is weird. Like I see McCartney more than anyone else in my life yeah we're best friends but it's not healthy it's not <laughs> in the least positive way so who's, who's worse with boundaries then I feel like I'm maybe not great with like I'll just send you messages at all hours and yeah I don't about expect work. you to read them I just and I, I don't do send, no I I don't know who's worse I I think I'm I'm absolutely an oversharer but then again so are you yeah but like we just did a workshop room where we just brought out the full like all our suitcases of trauma and just dumped them on the people in the room. So that was pretty unethical <laughs> yeah. of us. That would be yeah. your dream yeah, to go to dream. a room where people just unloaded their trauma. I mean, that's a writer's room. But you guys, there's no room. There's no room on Deadlock. It was, it's just the two of you. We didn't sort of have a room as such because we just in Australia, we, you just don't have rooms. Like you might have a bunch of people breaking their story and then doing episode plotting. And um, nor do they have kind of ongoing contracts or anything like that. Yeah. The writers in Australia, we've really fucked ourselves with it. It's like, we're not on strike because we've already fucked it. Everything they're fighting for, we gave away for like a, a bucket of swill. Yeah, we're just so <laughs> grateful. <laughs> ten ten so, years ago. Wait, thank we're you. Like, thank you. Thank you. Oh, we- thank you. Will you talk to us about the decision to deny the world uh, the, the chance to see your faces in this show? Because uh, having been this on-stream mm-hmm. partnership, why not put yourselves in it? Well, we never really intended on this one uh, having us on screen at all, for like a variety of reasons, including the fact that I'm a bad actor. McLennan's fine. Um, <laughs> but, um, but we did um, do a guest role 
in the show, like we cast ourselves, we filmed it and it was so appalling when we watched The Rushes. It's like we were in another TV show. Yeah, we just sort of forgot how to be humans by the time that the cameras rolled on our, you know. But you would think that. What was a very expensive cameo? Like basically the office shut down because we were unavailable. Um, You know, half a day of shooting was devoted to it. So normally in that case, our producer, Andy Walker, would be insistent that we use the footage in some capacity. And um, once we said we don't want it in the show, there was no pushback from him. Uh-huh. Like not, so, not, so he was not like, just that we don't want it in the show, like we want to recast. Like we needed the scene, yeah. so we recast it and we flew people from Melbourne down to Tasmania. And, yeah, Andy just literally put up no argument whatsoever. It was like he already <laughs> had those actors almost- booked. And a plain fair hmm. booked already. We yeah, so it was almost terrible. like they were always at the Qantas Club at the airport. <laughs> they were ready to fly down already because he'd seen the footage and he knew that our careers would be over. I don't know what was going on. I think I looked down the barrel of the camera at one point. I think it was like we were <laughs> acting like the crew were the sitcom audience and we. Yeah. Like we were yeah. just sort of there to get some lols. But also by that point the crew probably likely hated us because that was about 12 weeks in. So for us to rock up and then just prance around like clowns for half a day and then leave again, they would just fucking hate us. One of the things that really brought me into deadlock was when Kath appeared on screen. I have never seen myself so represented before. And I was wondering how you found her, how you wrote. I just want to know how you knew me before I knew you. Um, We sort of based her on a friend of ours, her wife, called Kath, (laughs) who's just good at Mm -hmm. everything. And she's just so helpful. Like I've asked her about diseases and like ointments and so forth and also about like building a wall. And also she owns like a horse carriage. And also she um, legally can do abortion. So she's like, she's incredible. <laughs> Which she started doing after we'd written the series. And it was just like, oh, my God, why couldn't you have done that beforehand? Because that is yeah. just such a wonderful occupation for someone in a TV show. She trained McLennan's dogs. I thought you were going to say she trained McLennan how to do it. Um, no, <laughs> I she thought she was going to say <laughs> train McLennan's dogs how to do it. <laughs> Jeez. They don't. They don't have opposable thumbs. They're not good <laughs> yeah. at it. They have empathy, though. That's mm. true. Um, but why did you see yourself in her? It was a combination of the way she moved physically, the focus oh. on feeding, and when she used the phrase parent my feelings, I was like, that's what I'm trying to do. I'm trying to parent my feelings and get Jeff to parent his feelings. <laughs> Whose phrase was parent my feelings? I'm I trying don't to remember even know now. if that was one of ours. I think that might have been Kim Wilson who wrote episode two. It might have been from her. This is from... a terrible faux pas that we've just spent time really over the top complimenting a, a phrase that neither of them wrote. But we agreed with it. We agreed mm. with it and let it into the script. So the curation oh. of the line was definitely us. No, it was oh, very, okay. very smart curation. <laughs> As writers, to what extent are you two people sharing one brain versus uh, this is what McLennan can do and this is what McCartney does? Like, so McLennan, what does McCartney do that you can't? McCartney's very detail-focused, but also like she's really good with tracking characters and really good at kind of seeing big set pieces and 
just also her brain works in a really ridiculous way sometimes where she just comes up with ideas that you're like, I would not have thought of that in a million years, whereas I can just bash out a really fast shit draft zero. Like I can do that and give us somewhere to go and then I just let McCartney. No, that's not what happens and you know it. You absolute liar. No, she. Um, I do bash out very... shit draft zero though. Like I get. Oh that no, you're done. very. You're, yeah, I do. Oh, do they're, that. they're fast. They are fast and they're terrible. Yeah, no, that's true. <laughs> Thank you. But I think a lot of it, like we are a little bit mind meldy at this point. I would say, but McLennan is a lot better at understanding story structure, and also you because you come from a character-based comedy background. You are very good at putting yourself into characters' voices in a way that. I maybe am not because I just want everyone to talk about powerlifting. Um, and sometimes that's not relevant. Um, <laughs> and then also I would say that there's more that makes us similar than divides us. Mm-hmm. We're much like a villain and a hero at the end of a Marvel film. Uh-huh. <laughs> How often are you sat in a room together working on script versus just is, does that happen more remotely and then you're sort of like communicating via emails and calls? No, I mean, I need someone there to keep myself accountable. Otherwise, I'll just be distracted by a butterfly or something. <laughs> I, I, it's better if I'm in the room with someone. Yeah, we work together every day. Even when we don't have anything to do, we're like, so we'll see you at 10 tomorrow. It's like, yeah, okay. And then sometimes you'll ask me, you'll say, can I go home early today? And I'm like, mate, I didn't fucking invite you over. <laughs> <laughs> you just rocked up with coffee. No, like we did, we had to work remotely during the pandemic because Melbourne lockdown was um, terrible. This year I did a schedule, like I I just broke down how much time we lost to the pandemic during the writing period and it was pretty confronting to look at it and go, wow, yeah, basically we almost didn't work. Why did you feel the need Um, to itemise that? So we could, we didn't really know how long it took to write write one of these scripts. Uh Okay, just Good. a little peek behind the curtain. I think Jeff is trying really hard to not just ask about your ADHD. So that was what his question about the itemization. I was like, he's fucking trying to get her to talk about her ADHD. Well, listen, listen, get her to talk about hyperfocusing. Jeff, I really appreciate that. Well, I reckon I am ADHD minimum. I reckon I am likely on the spectrum as well. So if you want to talk about itemising, hello, Jeff, you're nodding at me. I see how that is. <laughs> I, I spend a lot of time on a neurodivergent TikTok. Uh, yeah, me too. Me yeah. too. They found me and now yeah. that's all I get. Yeah, me too. That's all I get. Yeah. Another thing I've been like suppressing the urge to ask about is, did you research whether pubic hair was flammable? Because we had a, a, a quite a long conversation about this amongst ourselves. Well, that no, we didn't actually, and I do wonder if it was flammable. It would have had to been very dry, and mm. I, I wouldn't say that like a beach is a particularly dry place. No, but I wonder how much variation there is from one person to another in terms of dryness of pubic hair. Well, let's try it out now. <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, if you can set hair on fire, surely you can set mm. pubes on fire. Yeah. yeah, I'm no problem believing my pubes could be set on fire at any given moment. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like it, like that kind of combustion thing, you know. That you're mysterious. Not, you're not regularly conditioning down there. No, well, it's just my naturally wiry hair and um, just the t- tindery hair, the dryness, <laughs> and just the dryness. You know, I don't What's drink that enough Nicholas water. Cage film? The Wicker Man. You like that thing? <laughs> 
Uh, we're we're going to have to let you go soon. Uh, just a few sort of telly questions to finish off. What is going on down there? So th- there's this show. You're on to Australia now with and McLennan not McLennan yeah, yeah, Not your Australia, pubes. Australia, <laughs> Australia, not pubes. Okay. Or both. What is going, down, but, gone, but because, going on down there? I feel there? like we've had this show. We recently discovered, belatedly, uh, Mr. Inbetween. Colin oh, from yeah. Accounts is a thing over yeah. here. Yeah. People are talking about Fisk all the time yeah. as oh, well. Oh, yeah. Blue, yeah. Blue, bluey. I mean, oh, bluey. Is it that the world is catching up or is there something specifically going on in Australian television at the moment? That's a really good question. I think that Australian TV is getting better. (laughs) I'd agree. I'd agree with that. And I do think that comes from having more streamers. There's also some pretty decent people commissioning the work as well. I I feel like for a long time with Australian TV, there have been just too many fucking idiots behind the scenes who would add notes um and so i think probably since the reckoning of the me too movement i think there's been some yeah. people who have been just quietly pushed to the side in the australian television industry you know is there anything we didn't name that we should be looking out for um no okay. <laughs> <laughs> i can't think of any no i was I'm, gonna say I'm terrible with remembering stuff so but all of those Bluey shows is really great. good though isn't it it's unbelievable Bluey's so yeah. good yeah yeah. yeah, it makes me feel bad about myself as a parent. My kid, she, I've, to, I've had to stop her watching it now because she just gets these ideas in her head that I can engage in yeah. imaginative, imaginative play. play. <laughs> and it's just like, oh, my God. It's like I do this for a living. I don't want to do this in my free time. It's not interesting. Too I've much. noticed, like, Jeff isn't like this. Jeff can, like, go into the world. I when can't it's, like, do it. When it's, come up with a story, I'm like... No, Are you fucking kidding! Me? Absolutely come up with a not. Story, you come up with a story. You're the it's like, child. Give me some here. parameters. Give me some rules. Yeah, please. What? And even then, when he does that, I'm like, still no, buddy. Can I just for a moment just brag about this? But the creator of Bluey, Joe Brom, he told me that I was on the short list to play the mother. Shh. Can you imagine? Shut. Can you imagine? The fuck up. You I imagine know that. I would have I would have had to have been like a role model to all these shit. Can you imagine what my life would have been? It would be awful. Be awful, awful. if that. I mean, I I would have you would have fucked, you would have fucked it up. But I would have fucked it up. I wonder, I wonder if they did some kind of um, background screening on you and thought you were in a I'd I'd say so. <laughs> I'd be interested to know if my potty mouth is what got me knocked out of contention. Before we let you go, I want to know what you guys are watching at the moment. Oh, I'm watching Dark Winds and I'm loving it. It is a murder mystery set on a Navajo reservation. It, like the, the main characters are all uh, First Nations and it's really good. Kate McLennan? Uh, I've been watching Killing It, the second season of Killing It. Have uh, you guys watched Killing It? Not heard of oh, it. Oh, it's great. Um, the, the backdrop of the story is a competition where people are hunting snakes in Florida or getting money from hunting snakes. And the second season kicks into a sort of another gear. But it's it's so funny. Oh. What's, what's their name? Henry Beans. Has she ever brought you a dead animal? Yeah, she did kill one wattle bird, which is like a native species. She's a murderer. Do you have blood on that's your it. hands as well? Because you're a cat owner. Your Bernese mountain dog has eaten about five ringtail possums, mate, so you can fuck yeah. up. Yeah. I mean, just his farts alone have <laughs> created a new hole in the ozone layer. So. Yeah. <laughs> I, I would listen to a podcast called uh, Pet Body Count. <laughs> <laughs> 
It's a good idea. McLennan and McCartney. Do you like them more than Lennon and McCartney? No. It, it was a real strain for me not to bring up the names. I thought I kept thinking you were going to. It just felt like... T- a waste of time. And, and such low-hanging fruit as well. Yeah. Just any time you're asking somebody about their name. Yeah. You're pointing out something that's been pointed out so many times before. Well, well done you on that restraint. That's very good. Let's sift through the email then, shall we? Ooh, sift. That's a new one for us. Okay. Our first email is from Helen Lamb, who wrote in... Hi, guys. Just a secondary vote for All Mankind is definitely worth the watch. I have recommended to so many people, but no one stuck it out, so I have no one to talk to about it. So I was excited hearing you guys this morning. I found Ep 1 and 2 quite slow, but the cast is brilliant. The character building across the seasons is fantastic, and the space scenes are stunning. Now... It was very important to me to include this because I think she was one of three people who wrote in who felt who, who seemed very excited that, that you had mentioned For All Mankind, Helen and others. I think I watched 30 minutes. I wasn't bored. I hated it. And I couldn't I had no idea that you were hating it because usually your your displeasure is palpable. It was like filling me with a rage in a way that must be about me. I don't quite see what could enrage you that much. I, th- I think the worst thing you could say about it is it feels like serious television that takes itself. So, so, so there's a certain po-faceness to it, maybe. I'm at a stage of my life that is about me. I am fucking done watching emaciated women on screen. I won't, I I will not do it anymore. I won't fucking do it. It feels like TV has moved on from that. It even feels like if I think about certainly succession, but even stuff that isn't as modern as succession. In The Sopranos, those women were not emaciated. Like Edie Falco, it felt like they gave us a person. With Skylar and Breaking Bad, it felt like they gave us a person. It's only one, you know, but we're getting, we're getting people who look sort of real. I'm like, I don't want to look at a woman who is starving herself and very beautiful and have it not be part of the story. You make it part of the story. I, I'm, I'm there for it. But it, it really felt so male to me. But do you not think that maybe as it moves through the decades? Yes, I'm sure. So in the 60s, probably that that world is very male dominated and then that'll start to change. Yeah, I think so. But I, it was like, and then here's the woman. And the woman's got the smart idea, but she hasn't learned to stand up. I was like, fuck you. Fuck you. Put some meat on her bones and then I'll be then I'll be in business with you. But like her and the wife, it's like they're so pretty. They felt like what dumb men want women to look like. It it really I've really enjoyed watching different body types get to go on screen. By the way, these people are still fucking gorgeous. They're just they don't look like very ill ballerinas. And I've enjoyed that shift. So anyway, Helen, I think you are the better person that you think it's a good show. I want to be clear. And you are making me think that I need to open my mind and revisit. Okay? Okay, this comes from Donna, who says, Dear FC and NC, I need to tell Sarah about the dream I had last night. I know there is literally nothing more boring than listening to someone else drone on about their boring dream. The second she said that, when she said, I need to say about the dream, I was like, oh, Jesus. And then the second line, I went, okay. Self-aware. 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 Now we're in business. It was about Stewie. Not the very handsome and multifaceted, talented actor, Ariane Moyed, 
but the actual character of Stewie Husseini mm. from Succession. Just to get this out of the way, there was no sex in the dream, unfortunately, but it was still infused with that nonchalant, sexy air Stewie gives off as he drifts through his life wearing no socks with velvet loafers. <laughs> Just seen the next sentence. Uh, in the dream, he was he was running a mid range furniture shop in a seaside town in Northern Ireland. It's interesting that oh, it was it's so funny. Yeah, was was none of his allure lost? No, he could still he could still turn it on in Northern Ireland. My friend had moved to the town, and I was helping her get furniture for the new house. <laughs> so we went to see Stewie at his store. He draped himself over the backs of sofas and perched on the arms of them as we tried them out, flirting with us as we moved around the shop. He was so perfectly stewy with his little turtleneck under a blazer and he had a lollipop in his mouth, which he twirled suggestively around his tongue and lips as he spoke to us. I don't remember if there was any particular purchase of a sofa, but he did invite <laughs> us to go swimming with him in an outdoor pool. Uh, there were hundreds of steps up a cliff to get to said pool. The end. Oh, I loved it so much. Had you been watching Succession recently, Donna? Had you, had you been stalking Arian's Insta? Have you been eyeing up a new sofa? Do you worry that your friend is going to fuck your husband? Is she a dirty bitch, Donna? Also, if there's anybody listening to this who wants to offer a more symbolic analysis of Donna's stewy sofa dream. Yeah, I think if, if I saw a therapist and they started like wanting to analyze my dreams, I'd be like, see ya. <laughs> what if they were wearing an amulet? I don't want to talk about that anymore. Our next email is from Claire Z, who writes, Dear FC and NC, how's the week? Hope the hand is doing well. Thank you. Only Murders in the Building has gone off the boil big time. Oh, no. I think you're like slightly too forgiving of that show because of how much you love Martin Short. And you know, there's been this outpouring of love for Martin Short on social media these past few days. It's Tell been the people wonderful. the story. So there was a, a bit of a hit job that for, for no discernible reason on Slate.com, mm. somebody wrote this piece about how, how Martin Short isn't funny and has never been funny. And the the pylon, I usually hate a social media pylon, but the, the pylon of people saying this is ridiculous and then either sharing bits of video or stories about him. It's, it's been a joy. Um, she continues, I gobbled up season three of Starstruck. Rose Montefeo's show, gobble, gobble, gobble. Thank goodness they let more than one woman, Phoebe, write these days. I know. FYI, Joe Lysett spelt your name right, Sarah, in his supporting act credits. That's right, bitches. First of all, I only do tour support for the best of the best. <laughs> and Joe Lysett knows how to spell my name. Fucking Nish. Oh. Fucking Kumar. <laughs> Bye! Also this week, Ben Worsey thinks we should watch The Orchestra, which is a quirky Danish comedy series. I like the sound of that. Do you remember we went to see a feature-length version of a Danish sitcom, which was basically a remake of Curb Your Enthusiasm called Clown. And I think that was really quite funny. Yeah, but what about that made you think of it? Yeah, D Danish comedy is a bit of an unknown quantity. Interesting. I'll be doing comedy in Denmark soon. Should we put a ticket link in bio? No, I'm just, I just thought to myself, I'll be doing Danish comedy. And then I said it out loud. Jane thinks we should watch Libby, Are You Home Yet? 
but she says it's very sad. Amy Feldman thinks we should watch Brooklyn Nine-Nine, Jane the Virgin, and Traitors Australia. Now, Amy, in the loveliest way possible, figured we had watched Brooklyn Nine-Nine and only realized that we weren't that familiar with it because last week you called it Brooklyn 99. Ah, yes. I think maybe I've watched an episode once. She realized that it meant you couldn't truly know it. Yes. And she feels that we're really missing out. Caroline Craig thinks we should watch Jury Duty. I'm extremely intrigued by that, yeah, I actually. Know, I know. Um, and for all mankind. There it is again. Mark McCullough thinks we should watch Top Boy. I know the final series of that has just dropped. And, and I, I saw something the other day which said it's that level of television that The Wire exists at, which just might be a bit hyperbolic. But I've read a lot of very good things about it. Okay. Michelle Newman, hello Newman, thinks we should watch Daisy Jones and the Six. And Keith Derham thinks we should watch Ripper Street. Was it Bridget Christie who said we should watch that too? Yeah, I feel like Ripper Street would be the next Mr. In-Between for us. Our email address is... Fuck off at firecrouchandnormcore.com. Listen, I want more Patreon supporters. Please... We're so fucking on top of that shit now. It looks so fresh and nice. You can get these extended interviews for five pounds a month. I can voice note you Fridays with Firecrotch. Big reveal on this Fridays. But I'm not going to tell these people. They don't get to know it about me. Five pound a month. Maybe you'll know it about me. (laughs) Okay? Join it. Don't make me beg, which I will do. This week, Sarah liked to watch The Great Sex Experiment on Channel 4. I watched. You watched. But was ultimately left unsatisfied by The Architect on Viaplay. And we liked to watch, or Sarah, Sarah liked I to liked watch. I liked to watch. The Changeling on Apple TV+. Plus. McCartney liked to watch Dark Winds, which you can't get anywhere in the UK. Bitch. And McLennan liked to watch Killing It, which you can't stream, but you can buy it on iTunes and Prime Video. Better bitch. All right, everyone. How did you do in the heat this week? Oh, I took a turn. (laughs) And at first I thought, that's nice. Well, the week has had its way (laughs) with me. I'm having to sleep with a fucking mask on my eyes because I have to leave all the windows and shit. Oh my God, I'm a disaster. I had a breakdown yesterday because I had to do an extra load of laundry that pushed me over the goddamn edge. How are you? Are you like me? Does the rage creep into your solar plexus easily? Same, girl. The weather should carry a trigger warning for you. I think I have somewhat regular responses to the weather. You don't leave the house as much, so you're not like subjected to it in the same way. And on the occasions <laughs> when we are on the tube together at rush hour, it is like you are being tortured. Like when you're actually out, you're forced out into the weather. I'm like, uh-huh, this is going to be real unpleasant. Also, you know what? Give me a call when your hair responds to heat and or rain the way mine does. Don't judge a woman until you've walked a mile in her shoes. It doesn't do great in wind either. So, so susceptible. I know, it's so terrible all the time. I hate it. Guys, thank you so much for listening. Cool off. Big sip of water. Big fat sleep. Bye-bye. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. 
Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.